Hey everyone, welcome back to Ed here in Apologetics. So glad you're joining us today. Today we're going to be we are going to be responding to the non-alchemist, um, or alchemist, or I don't know, I have no idea what that word is. Um, talking about the problem of evil and some responses he made to Kevin Bertuzzi with regards to soul building and skeptical theism. So, Josh, what's up, man? I'm doing great, thank you. It's an interesting day today, and let's hope it's good to start off the day with a bit of philosophy and Christianity before my let the rest of the day descends into absolute football chaos. But yeah, it's a good start. Hopefully we'll talk about the Champions League final at the end, but I feel like we can't get too yeah. soaked into that um, at of the course, moment. I'm, I'm curious. So you're in Hong Kong. It's 8 a.m. The game starts at 3 p.m. my time, which is 3 a.m. Hong Kong time. So in like 19 hours, are you going to stay up the whole way um, until the kickoff? I have a few friends over for the night, so I'll, we'll see how it goes. We might play FIFA until 3 a.m. and just watch the match. But then <laughs> by the time the match ends, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. So we might just either not sleep tonight or just see how it goes. If you get like that United Villarreal game on Wednesday, though, it might be like 6 a.m. With the, like, I know. I, I don't games. want it to get into a to 21 penalty shootouts. I'll, I'll die. It'll be too nervous for me. There's no way on earth that penalty shootouts can possibly deal with that. Maybe we'll talk about football at the end, though. Yeah, um, sure. The non-archimist debunked is Jono says. <laughs> Jono's a really cool guy. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's not the intention of this video. And this is a really... I'm excited to respond to this video because um, I think the non-alchemist, um, he's a really cool guy. It's like one of my favorite um, skeptical channels. So, wait, we'll not pull that up yet. Um, before we get into this, Josh, do you have any like preliminary thoughts on like the problem of evil or anything you want to bring up before we respond to this video? Well, I definitely think that the problem of evil is undeniably perhaps the strongest argument against theism in a various amounts of ways. Not necessarily in the logical sense, but perhaps mm -hmm. the evidential and the, and the emotional problem caused by the problem of evil is perhaps the, perhaps the strongest argument against God. And of course, normally when we talk philosophy, it's, it's not necessarily, oh, we don't like appeals to emotion, but... But always that appeal to motion, how to live your life always is a bit there. And sometimes I suppose the problem of evil would indeed be one of the strongest challenges just because even if people aren't philosophically trained per se, like they could still interact with that problem and really mm -hmm. feel how much that problem would apply and interact with their lives. So I think it is one of the biggest challenges that we face. And I'm not to say that, I think there's a lot of solutions to it, but it's also something that we always have to keep in mind that we're not only dealing with a philosophical problem, but it actually is a problem which people interact that struggle with their lives. Yeah, it's interesting because like with the problem of evil, you have like the logical problem, then you have like the evidential problem, and there's the emotional problem, and then there's like all kinds of different like families of arguments in the problem of evil, whether it's like evolutionary evil or moral evil, or just, it's, there's so many different things. Um, in this video um, from the non-alchemist, he meant it's just a very short like three minute video. Um, so we're gonna get into a little bit of it. Um, so you ready to get this thing going, Josh? Sure. Let's Sounds do it. Great. If it loads, you know. Oh, my tab went everywhere. Apologies, everyone. So it's always been of interest to me when Christians try and explain how they make sense of all the evil and suffering in the world. So in this video, I'm going to be looking at a few responses given by Cameron Bertuzzi of Capturing Christianity. So let's see what he has to say. One of the best reasons that theologians have offered is what's called soul building. Soul building says that without evil, we'd actually be losing out on the greatest goods. Have you ever forgiven someone that hurt you or had compassion on someone that was in pain? Now ask yourself, in a world with no evil in it at all, would you have been given the same opportunities to exemplify these goods and develop your character in these unique ways? The answer, of course, is no. So here's what I'm getting at. Taking away evil in the world 
actually means taking away the greatest goods. So Cameron explicitly claims that taking away evil would take away the greatest goods. But on most prominent versions of theism, this is just nonsense. As philosopher J.L. Schellenberg explains, quote, Every worldly good that permits or requires evil is greatly exceeded by a pure good of the same type existing in God prior to creation. This is interesting. What it forces us to notice and take seriously is that since, say, instances of courage and compassion presuppose evil or its permission, these goods cannot exist in God prior to creation, and yet God is then unsurpassably great. In other words, it's not at all clear that the greatest goods require evil, even on theism. But if we, if we assume Christian theism, the problem just gets even worse. Because if divine persons can have an unsurpassably deep, loving, and good relationship without the presence or possibility of evil, then why couldn't human persons have some kind of relationship that would image that one and mirror after it? Hmm. Now, you might be thinking... All right, there's a lot of really good stuff here, and he brings up some really good points. Um, so, Josh, do you want to kind of start us off talking about um, him and what he says on soul building? Well, I definitely think that you perhaps have one of the best responses to his points. I'll leave you with that response. But <laughs> I do think that just generally about soul building, I think it's very often the case that people look at the soul building theology and say, well, why why do we need that thing to reach a greater good? Or even sometimes I've heard some people say, and this is not necessarily the non-alchemist, I think that's how you pronounce it, but some people would say, well, surely not every time you have suffering, people do good. But then I like to view soul building as something where people have the free choice whether or not to do that good and that the evil is just an opportunity or a stimuli for that decision of free will. So it's possible, I think, that you have soul building in a world where there's evil and then everyone chooses to do evil anyways, but the soul building theology still works in the sense that at least that evil gives you a choice or a free choice to do good. And I always like to think that the greatest good is a relationship with God. So no matter what happens, no matter how evil the world gets or no matter how many problems there is in the world, as long as it ends up with a relationship with God, that is the most important thing. And we do see it like evidentially that there is a lot of situations where people do come to God through evil. And, and I think that that demonstrates the efficiency or the usage of, of soul building and evil to bring people to draw closer to God. And, and that's kind of my thoughts about the soul building theology. But then of course there is the response that I think you make and I'll, I'll just kind of outline it and then you could build on it is the mm-hmm. idea that well, God and humans are not necessarily the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting here because I've been thinking about this the past few days. And one of the things I think I agree with him is like, if we're God, God doesn't need soul building. Like he's already perfect. Um, so there's no need for soul building for God. But then I think the problem is, um, is we aren't God. Like, so there has to be some sort of, so there's a symmetry breaker here. He talks about like the divine persons um, being in this perfect relationship. There's no need for soul building. Well, that's the Trinity. That's not us. Like, you know, like we have like God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, and like God's God's like perfect, omnipotent, omnipresent, like things like that. Um, so since God's like infinite and perfect, he's not going to need any soul building. Yeah. And the problem is we're finite and imperfect. Um, so maybe we wouldn't need soul building. So these aren't symmetrical situations here. Um, so then I think the question then just becomes like, well, why would we need soul building? Um, Cause you could say, okay, well, you know, yeah, Zach, yeah, Josh, you're not members of the Trinity um, unless you secretly are Josh. Um, so it's like, Okay, well, why would God create any being at all that needs soul building? Because, um, you know, like we're finite creatures that aren't like all knowing and all powerful. So I think it might be helpful to learn the hard way. Um, like, take for example, like I took this class in high school on leadership, and this was not related to like the problem of evil at all. We always would get like into these discussions with our teacher about like, what's the best way to learn? Is it to learn through someone telling you, um, don't steal? 
don't do it like you know like lines wrong things like this or is it best to learn through like actually experiencing these evils and like everyone in my class said that you learn better when you experience these things um so i think that at least would lend some credibility to soul building where you, you know at least in this hypothetical situation um it's best to learn through actually experiencing these things um when you look at like say like the perspective of like an infinite afterlife um this life's really just a dream compared to everything else that's coming so a little bit of evil is now to help build like a soul for the infinite future it seems like a pretty good trade-off at least in my mind because evil is allow us to see like the consequences of our free choices um and since we are finite we're gonna need to draw closer to god's nature like god isn't just trying to make us um into like pleasure machines where we get maximum pleasure. He's trying to build souls, people that imitate him and are like him. Um, so that's a few thoughts. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that, Josh. I have more, but I mean, I just spit a lot of information out there. I think evil, I completely agree with you, is that evil is just so useful in how, how in personal development and understanding ourselves and also understanding God. And, and what I mean by understanding God is that in, recently, I've al always felt like some irritants or some anger towards society and the people around me because recently some people were spreading some, well, it's quite a while ago, but false rumors about me behind my back and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it wasn't the perhaps the brightest or the best situation or the best form of rumors that could be spent, spread about you. I mean, on the rank of how bad those rumors could be, it's pretty on the quite bad rumor. Were they saying you were an Arsenal fan? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't that, but I mean... That would have been perhaps even worse than the rumors spread about me. But you know, I I was really annoyed about that, and I was really annoyed about a lot of things about society. But then I realized that that evil, that suffering, that pain, actually helped me appreciate how much worse God must feel when we are absolutely destroying and defaming His name all the time. Mm. No matter how much He loved us and how much He He cares for us by sending His Son to die for us, and then half of the world, actually more than half of the world, goes around and just kind of turns away from him and hates him and and spreads false witness and and kind of spreads rumors well kind of just says bad things about him and mm -hmm. and by understanding that and by seeing how much that evil kind of how bad we react to evil could be compared to how god must feel about the evil in this world you really start wondering well maybe that evil is even if it serves absolutely no purpose apart from allowing you to appreciate the suffering of God, you might think it's actually quite worth it in the sense that perhaps, perhaps understanding evil and understanding the suffering of God would, would allow you to appreciate the sacrifice that Jesus, what Jesus meant to be for mm. Jesus going onto the cross to die for us. And by understanding that, I think, I think it really, helps you strengthen your relationship with God because it further emphasizes the love of God and the relationship that you have with him and how strong he's he how strong of a role he plays in your life and and of course it also apart from that evil helps you learn and I completely agree with you and perhaps I could provide an analogy about the symmetry breakers imagine a teacher your math teacher gives you an exam a really difficult exam about math and you absolutely hate it I really hate math I, I really familiar. dislike it. And and the teacher gives you a math test and then there's a lot of suffering with it. And then you do the test and then you improve from it. Well, I mean, of course you could say, well, why, why doesn't, why doesn't, why do we need to have the test? And it seems that this is the argument that the non-alchemist is making as well. If, if there exists someone who is perfect and doesn't need the test to know the material, then, then why do we need the test at all? 
But then that only applies to the teacher and not the students. And in the same way, I don't think the, and, I, in, the, and in the same way, I don't think the, the argument or the response of the non-alchemist response to the, the soul building theodicy kind of building onto your point. Yeah, and I do want to say here, um, maybe some people argue this, but like I wouldn't say that the soul building theodicy applies to like every instance of evil. Um, like if you read about like say like the rape of Nanking, um, Nanking, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing it, but like in Jap like what the Japanese soldiers did in China in 1941, I believe it's terrible, and it's like one of the, it's like listening to it is like it's just horrific what happened. Um, and I don't think that happened because God wanted to help build souls of rape victims. Like, I think there's other theodicies um, that, that we kind of look at for in terms of like looking, looking at something like that. Um, but I do think like with a lot of like ordinary sufferings and challenges, the soul building can be very fruitful. Um, so I just, all that to say, I think the soul making the soul building theodicy works for some things, um, but then it doesn't work for all. And I, I don't think it, like the non-alchemist isn't saying that that's oh, all apologists say the soul building for everything, but then someone will be like, well, what about like the rape of Nanking? How is that soul building? And I would say, well, it's probably not. Um, so maybe more lessons for society to grow, but I don't think it was all like a good thing for the people that actually experienced it. Um, so yeah, if you, if you get what I'm saying there. Yeah, I completely agree with what you are saying. I think that all the theodicies kind of are p parts of a puzzle which provide a full and complete response to the problem of evil. Mm -hmm. and kind of the challenges raised by it yeah it's the theist job like with the problem of evil like at least in my understanding i don't feel like i have to explain every instance of evil i just have to show problems um and like poke holes at like the atheistic arguments um swift c says your book is terrible josh don't ever read it <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you enjoyed it <laughs> no i'm just it's a great book and it, i would grab it but it's all the way over there and it's buried under a pile of books it's a great book though highly recommend um but anyways, the only other thing I thought about here is like, I'm trying to imagine like, okay, let's just imagine like what a world without any suffering at all would look like. And it just seemed like to me that it, a world without suffering, um, like if we just grow in this, per like if we just start off perfect, it's not going to allow for distance between like us and God for us to choose him. Because um, like one of the reasons like, I think like, it seems like evolution is true or something like it. Like one of the reasons that I see is like, why we got to use a process like evolution is like allowing for us to choose him. Like um, it allows for this separation where we can, like man can choose to be with God. Um, so I, I just don't know what a world without suffering would even look like with regards to him saying like, why, why couldn't God just create a world like where we exist without any evil at all? Um, because things like courage and compassion are things that allow us to develop in virtue and become better. Um, and, you know, like we talked about before, God doesn't need these things because he's perfect. Um, and, at least like my last thought here with regards to this first bit from the non-alchemist is like, it's just impossible for God to create another perfect being since he is the perfect being God. Like you have like the law of identity. Um, so yeah, that's my end. Do you have any other thoughts here, Josh, before we move on? I was just thinking about the perfect world scenario. And sometimes I think about that as well, but then there's always a question about, well, if you reach that perfect realm, would that not like pose kind of an end to history or how can, mm. I, like it seems that a like a perfect world would just mean that there's a lack of anything that you can do further. You cannot develop anything you've done because it's already a state of perfection. Yeah. Like a lot of parts about the human existence is not only about trying to move towards a certain aim or develop yourself, but it's also trying to keep on having a goal to do. But if you have a perfect world and everything or everything that you want is already there and everything you need is already there and everything that you want to achieve is already perfect 
then, well, I hardly see what's the point of life or what's the point of actually doing anything because, well, whatever we do or whatever we try to achieve is already perfect. We don't need, there's, there's no more motivation for us to do absolutely anything in life. And I think that seems more like an absolutely horrific world in, mm. in the same way. It is a perfect world because we have everything and everything is obtained. But also we have the horrific world, but it's also a horrific world because we can't do anything. We've, we've lost all, we lost all ability to improve ourselves, to move towards any direction. I think that's one of the biggest problems of a perfect world. And also, I think it's one of the main problems with some sense of communism, because like they're trying to propose a perfect society. Of course, that's kind of a uh, kind of reduction of it, but they want to move towards a perfect society. But then when you reach it, then what? You kind of end history. And then, and then you, there's nothing more you could do after that. So I think that's kind of the, my problem with a perfect world is that the moment you reach it, you just can't go any further. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I actually just thought of because I saw it in my notes was like he talks about how like the problem is worse for like Christian theism because of like Trinitarianism. But I also wonder like if there's an explanation in Christian theism because we have like the story of like the fall. Um, because I just I just remember this like you've Adam and Eve and they're placed in Eden or created in Eden and they're in this like so to speak perfect world, um, where they are like in like seemingly you know like a perfect place or like a really really good place um and even though they're in this place with very minimal or no suffering they still choose to disobey god um so it seems like at least in christian theism like at least in like the current human state it almost seems like you can't um you wouldn't choose god even if you had the, op the opportunity um so it seems like that just a little bit to me like it seems like that story kind of goes against this idea of like like i just don't even know what a world would look like um where all human beings just freely choose to believe in God um, in terms of like dislike. Cause you know, we have like heaven and such, but yeah. I'll completely agree with that. And I, I also really agree with the point about looking at it from the lens of Christian theism, because I think ultimately you have to look at it from the Christian narrative. The problem of evil is pointed towards the Christian narrative. The best response is via the Christian narrative. And I think that's very, there's a lot of sufficient arguments against the problem of evil and also ideas for soul building found in the Christian narrative. And that's a very good place to start off with. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't have anything else, we'll get into this next bit on skeptical theism, if that works for you. Sure. Sounds great. Let's do it. Be thinking that these goods pale in comparison to some of the bads in the world. You might be wondering, well, how does forgiveness outweigh child cancer? Now, I happen to think that humans in general are just really bad about weighing goods and bads with all the emotions involved and everything. If humans are really bad about weighing all the goods and bads because of all the emotion involved, then I guess they would be really bad at critically assessing their deeply held religious beliefs too, huh? Let's put that worry aside. Let's just what do you think about that little bit there? Um, he, he, he has a more a little bit deeper critique of like skeptical theism here for a second. Um, but do you have any thoughts here, Josh? I I mean I I do have to say that I don't. I'm, I'm normally not a huge fan of sarcasm, and I <laughs> don't think that that was perhaps the best representation of perhaps the non-alchemist and. Because I, I don't necessarily think that you can compare your, your lack of understanding due to emotions to your, your able to understand due to good reasoning. I, I don't think there's necessarily a connect there because, I mean, there's a lot of things which are, I will completely agree, are about as a result of emotion and that emotion clouds your thoughts. But it doesn't mean that humans are fully emotional. I think that humans are emotional and very much emotional and perhaps less rational than most of us would like to think. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we don't have a rational fa faculty. And, and to say that, okay, some things cannot be understood, therefore everything cannot be understood is not necessarily a very good argument. 
And I'm not exactly sure whether that's what the non-alchemist is trying to point to, because I think it seems more like a bit of a sarcastic, witty comment that he's making than a philosophical argument. But I definitely do think that if he did mean that as a philosophical argument, I don't think it's very good. Yeah, it's. I think it's just a little comment. But like in terms of like just like looking at it, like if we're gonna say like it seems like you know almost like if we're gonna look at it as an argument, he's gonna say well it's symmetrical. Where we say well we look at like the problem of evil and maybe it's just like too hard for us to understand. Um, or we can let our emotions get involved because like I was listening um, to like Emerson Green's Counter Apologetics podcast today. Um, he was talking about like seemingly gratuitous sufferings and like my heart was like heavy. I was like these things are terrible. Um, and it's true, like, it seems like emotions do get involved in looking at, like, these gratuitous evils. Like, I'm not even, like, so, and then you look at, like, well, is it the same as, like, assessing a religious belief? And I just don't think there's some, it's not a symmetrical situation here. Um, so, I don't think there's any symmetry in what he's saying. Which, I don't know if you know if he's intending it to, but that's just kind of my thoughts. Yeah, completely agree with you on that. Awesome. Let's get into this next bit assume that we can't think of a good answer to this question. Does it follow now that God doesn't exist? Still no. All that means is that we have a gap in our knowledge. That's it. Saying, I don't know why God allows child cancer, but surely God has a reason is a completely legitimate answer. After all, there is a limit in what we can understand, so we shouldn't expect to know everything. This kind of reasoning is broadly in accordance with what's called skeptical theism. And while it might sound intuitive on its face, philosophers have pointed out all kinds of problems that result if theists accept this kind of reasoning. The logic undergirding these claims has the ability to possibly affect our moral reasoning, arguments from natural theology, arguments from divine revelation, and certain religious epistemologies. For more on that, see the links in the description. As you should hopefully be able to see, a lot of common responses to evil just aren't all that they're cracked up to be. And as always, it's been fun. Okay, I think that's the end of this video, because um, he's a cool outro, and that's about it. Um, Josh, skeptical theism, what are your thoughts? Well... Okay, sorry, there's something a bit dodgy with my mic just now, but... I essentially was thinking that, I, I do think that from a logical perspective, skeptical theism isn't too bad. But at the same time, I think that there's so many other better arguments against mm -hmm. the problem of evil that you don't necessarily need to go to the point of skeptical theism. And that's perhaps my main problem with the skeptical theism kind of position. And, you know, one of the biggest problems I think is, is for, by skeptical theism is it's not necessarily obvious that that we shouldn't expect ourselves to understand evil. Not to say that there is a chance that we do not, we don't have the ability to understand. And I do agree that we do have limits to our knowledge. But at the same time, do I think that's a very convincing argument or is that a very useful argument to say to someone who has a very big problem with a problem of evil? It, it just might not be the best way to counter both the evidential and the perhaps the emotional problem of evil if someone it's it just doesn't seem very satisfactory by just saying well why should we expect ourselves to know when some guy's just seen absolutely horrible evil happening in front of him like that's perhaps not the best response to go around doing things mm -hmm. yeah i mean i would hold to a very very limited level of skeptical theism like at the end of the day like you know like my knowledge and understanding is finite and god's is infinite so like i can't understand everything um so like you know like um, let's think of something like, you know, like Rose Fawn, where like there's a fawn in a forest fire and it gets trapped and it dies slowly over a couple of days. Like, what's the good in that? Like, I wouldn't just adopt like full on skeptical theism here because I think it's very unsatisfactory. Like, I agree with you, especially with responding to like people with regards to the problem of evil. Maybe if you're going to like 
just do like a philo philosophical argument, it could work more in terms of just like the paper of it. But I, I find it very unsatisfying in terms of just like just skeptical theism. So like I look at like something like Rose Fawn and be like, okay, well, there's things like a noble natural order. Um, evils allow for like the preservation of freedom. Something I was thinking about actually, I don't even know if someone has this theodicy, but like one of the things people talk about is like, well, why is there all this animal suffering? Um, but we lived in balanced ecosystems, which allow for billions of people to exist. Like if, if all these animals didn't exist, all these people wouldn't exist. It would seem like we live in like balanced environments. Um, so that's just a very new thought I had. It's like, it seems like to me, like when we're looking at like um, the problem of evil, at least in my opinion, it's about showing, well, here's all these plausible theodicies. Here's uh, poking all these holes in like the atheistic argument. Um, and I don't know exactly which one's correct, but I see all these plausible reasons where why this particular suffering occurred. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on um, that. I just, I, I hold a very limited version of skeptical theism. Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with that. And I do think that, I was going to say something, I completely forgot about it. Oh, oh yeah, about the natural, like the natural order and the way the world works. I completely agree with that. I think that, I mean, then the day we, what we do see with animal suffering is, it, it is a significant problem, but it also depends on, well, what do you see as the telos or what do you see as the purpose of the existence of animals? Or perhaps what do you, how do you approach or how do you interact with the animal world? And, and it's not necessarily about soul building regarding that or even any, any the direct theology regarding that. I don't, and I think it's quite a new one, but I definitely see that if, if animals are truly there to kind of maintain a natural order or, or they're there to like, kind of not necessarily die and live and reproduce that's I, I think that's perhaps a bit of a too simple understanding of the animal problem but, mm -hmm. but I do think that if you do have if you do have these animals suffering and then you do have them dying I'm not exactly sure how it direct that comes to all loving God when when the problems which cause those animals to die are one part a result of this natural order or this natural structure to the universe or to the world, which is absolutely integral for this, the preservation of life. Yeah. And, or is, or it's just absolutely vital for the development of their own population. And of course, sometimes you could say that some of the natural disasters are way more harmful and there's not, like any good coming from them like you see the bushfires in australia like that's not ne that goes over the boundaries and say well and it's not necessarily like you burn a bit of it and then like some plants grow back because sometimes you do see situations where a bit of a natural disaster happens and from that natural disaster better things like naturally come out of it you sometimes mm -hmm. see like a bushfire a small bushfire perhaps a bit of some a weird situation happens in and in the animal world and some animals die then because of that fire there's perhaps more nutrients in the soil or more more different things and then like a better society or a better animal colony arrives from that and that's a very good thing so i and of course the extremes don't work here but but generally speaking i think there's a few ways we can go around this animal suffering and these problems mm. something i just thought about well first general says um since we disagree with bill craig we're terrible apologists and we should like quit so um there's that um but also um so in the cause, I think it was the cosmic skeptic um, inspiring philosophy debate on the problem of evil. Um, Michael brings up the, to Alex, like, okay, well, you talk about all this animal suffering um, that, and like, think about the rainforest and like all the suffering that occurs in the Amazon. Um, shouldn't, if, it, if the suffering's so bad, shouldn't we just destroy the rainforest, you know? Cause it's, you know, like we have like rose fawn happening, I'm sure daily in the rainforest. Um, and 
Alex is like, no, 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 no. We can't do that because we need the rainforest. The suffering there is terrible, but we need the rainforest. I'm, I could be totally remembering this debate wrong. Um, but if I think that's what Alex says. And I think the response then would be just like, well, then we need the rainforest. And like the, the suffering here, well, there's a purpose and it's to keep life going because um, the world kind of like works off of each other. And then the problem doesn't become like, why are there gratuitous evils? Because it seems like these um, these sufferings aren't actually gratuitous. There's actually a purpose to the rainforest and the noble natural order in the rainforest is it sustains human life. The problem just becomes then again, well, why are they just suffering in the first place at all? Um, so that, I hope that made sense because I just thought about that when you were talking with regards to like gratuitous evil and like, talking about these things like Rose Fawn and such. I completely agree with you on that. And that I actually didn't, I don't think I watched that discussion about suffering with between Alex and Michael. I, it's I, a good I, debate. I should really check that out one day, but yeah, it's something which I have to put on my list of things, which I should check out. <laughs> I have on my YouTube watch later, like 700 videos. There's just so many things out there on the internet. So yeah. Hmm. Jono says the last Aussie bushfires um, were wild. My cousin's whole farm was destroyed. That's terrible. Mm. That's sad. Oh, Australia. I want to go there sometime. Um, Josh, any other like thoughts on like the problem of you or anything like this? Um, and we'll talk about the actually important stuff of Chelsea Man City. Um, <laughs> any any important any thoughts on the problem of evil before we wrap up this little section here? I mean, I think we covered most of what uh, the what was said in the in the video in the sense that we covered most of i think the response of non-alchemist and and i think that although i think we we might talk a bit about his response to skeptical theism which was kind of what was his response to skeptical theism he didn't like we played through the whole video um i think he, he just kind of brought up like the idea that like well it seems like if we embrace embrace skeptical skeptical theism then like it seems like well how much can we really know about other things like our own like say like moral knowledge or like fine-tuning arguments or things like this and i that's like part of the reason i'm very like skeptical of skeptical theism is like if we're gonna say how much can we really know well then like i have this argument from limits i really like um it seems like some, you could say something similar about that or like the fine-tuning argument or things like that so i think that was like the part of it um he didn't get, get into too much detail on skeptical theism yeah and yeah I think that skeptical theism is, I would completely agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's a decent thing to use on paper, but perhaps less so when you actually interact with it in regards to other things in your life and it becomes a bit of a problem. So <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, if there's any questions, I guess, relating to like the problem of evil or anything like that, I guess we can answer a couple in the live chat. Um, but this next section, Josh, um, Chelsea, Man City, what's going to happen in about 14, 16 hours here? I was talking with my friends. Uh, I talked with my good friend on the, on this uh, topic. We did a match preview for the Chelsea match, and, and I have to say, I have to predict a Chelsea win because <laughs> just, I, despite all the odds, I can never predict my own team that I'm supporting going to lose. Like <laughs> even if you're going against and City, Man City is the best team in the world at this moment, I can't go into a match predicting the team to lose. And you know there's a and you know there's what do you call it? There's a ad of Chris Hadley, this the the rocket man, like the rocket, the guy who mm -hmm. went into space on on YouTube. It's a masterclass. And he says something like, you never no one ever goes into space with their fingers crossed. You can't go into a football match with your fingers crossed and saying we are gonna lose this match. You have to you have to go into believing <laughs> you can win it. So my score prediction for the match is going to be it's, it's very pre pre precise and very specific, and I know it's going to be wrong. 
But at the same time, I'm going to say that it's going to be Chelsea, Timo Werner scores the first goal in the first half. And then Sergio Aguero comes off the bench to score the, a goal in the second half. In the <laughs> minutes. And then in extra time, Olivier Giroud scores a header to win the Champions League. That's mm-hmm. my that's my prediction. Although I highly doubt that's ever going to happen. But if it does happen, you've heard it on it here at Apologetics. And we're going to be the biggest... <laughs> football predicting agency in the world be proof of prophecy and atheism will be debunked forever um exactly we'll have it done oh my gosh i'm excited um i don't know what's gonna happen so my hopeful prediction is tuchel starts pulisic pulisic balls out he scores a goal in the 65th minute chelsea wins um well, Timo Werner, he does something random every once in a while. So he'll score the second goal in stoppage time just to wrap things up. So 2-0 Chelsea is my hope. Um, but in reality, oh, City's so good. I just don't know. Like, oh my gosh. It's like, okay, Chelsea did good in the FA Cup. You know, they beat Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea beat Man City. Um, that was good. But then you look at like, well, they just lost to Leicester. They just lost to Aston Villa. Like, what's going on here? And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So I'm excited. Yes, I, I do think the losses to Leicester and Aston Villa were very worrying. But at the same time, it seemed that all our problems that we made in those matches were all kind of because of our own problems. We kind of made our problems for ourselves. Our defending was horrible and we just had kind of like small lapses in concentration. But hopefully that doesn't happen for the Champions League final and and we can have a chance of winning this hmm. yeah okay um well fingers crossed um uh, the lord is with us chelsea will win um we do have one question here from jonah which says um if we put the problem of evil in like strictly bayesian terms is your position that extreme suffering is equally probable on atheism theism or is it favor atheism but get outweighed by other evidence that's interesting um do you want to go first or second josh it's an interesting question yeah. um yeah so I don't really like, like, I don't really have a problem with saying suffering would be more expected under atheism than theism. If it, if I did believe that, because I think there's just really good arguments from like natural theology in terms of like all these different things, but like, I'm just, I'm still not even convinced that it would be more expected under atheism than theism. Um, Cause it seems like to me, like any particular instance of suffering, like, as I understand, I think there's plausible theodicies. I don't think we have like a concrete understanding, but like, from Rose Fonts to like a horrific thing, like um, what happened in Nanking. Like I see these theodicies and I, I see them as very plausible. Um, so I think my position now would be that extreme suffering is equally probable on atheism and theism. But I mean, even if it wasn't like, you know, I, I obviously I'm a theist. Like I, I think that there's very good evidence to, for theism. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with you on that one. I, I don't necessarily think that suffering is perhaps more in favor of atheism than theism, because, I mean, we do see examples of extreme suffering in the Bible, for example, the book of Job, which is, is it Job or Job? I, I never knew. Job. I mean, Job. us Americans say Job, so. Yes. Uh, well, it's in the book of Job, and and there's a lot of suffering there, but I don't necessarily think that it's a, it's a extreme problem against the existence of God and and there's actually good reason to believe that sometimes extreme suffering is allowed by God. And, and that's not necessarily a huge, and it's not necessarily something which is like, okay, uh, if extreme suffering, like God would not allow extreme suffering. I, I don't necessarily think that that's the case because, because we have good, because like, 
of course we have a lot of theodicies and it's also extreme suffering is often used as a and i think soul building can work with extreme sufferings in some situations not all mm -hmm. but definitely yeah. in some situations where you genuinely see great things coming from extreme suffering and i know a guy in africa who who's been absolutely hit by covid like really really hard like he's he, he's gone from having rarely st struggling to put three meal meals on his table to be struggling to put two meals on his table and it's really hit him really really hard his family and, and stuff like that mm. and his relationship with god got stronger despite that i would classify that as somewhat extreme suffering i mean maybe it's not extreme extreme suffering but i think it's quite up there not being able to put food on your table that's quite bad and, and yeah and mm -hmm. his relationship with god got way better from it and i don't and i think that's perhaps a good reason for soul building Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, so my sister spent time in Zambia. Um, I've been there and like, there's intense suffering, like horrific suffering that goes on there. Um, and those people are so much more reliant on God, so much more faith. Um, they don't look as like extreme suffering as evidence against the existence of God. They see it as like reasons to even grow closer to God. Um, so I kind of wonder, like, I think that like, when you get into like, when you just like, when we read like, you know, some of these stories, it's terrible. Um, and the emotional appeal um, is like really, it really pulls to like, well, how could God ever allow, like there's no reason that God would allow this on an emotional appeal. But then I think once we get like pen to paper, I don't know. I just don't find the arguments from evil that convincing once we get into like the actual like pen to paper form. Yeah, that's, I don't um, agree with you on that. Um, really tough question says, um, why would God allow rationality rules videos to show up in my recommended? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> those sometimes come up on my recommended as well, and I I'm sometimes tempted to look at them, but at the same time I I don't look at too many atheist videos on the internet these days. Yeah, there's a, I've I've been finding channels like a lot out of the channels disappoint me, but there's been some like the non alchemist has a really good channel. Um, Counter apologetics by Emerson Green is a good channel. You know all the apologetics chad say um really theology is a good channel like there's good channels coming out but i mean rationality rules definitely not my go-to um but that's about all we have josh so thank you for waking up and a good luck with the rest of your day i hope you make it you. i'm gonna go to bed soon and wake up and watch the champions league final um but yeah do you have any kind of like last thoughts you want to say before we wrap things up here not really absolutely always like always an absolute pleasure to be here Great to be on the channel to talk about things. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Mm. Yeah, it was so much fun. And the non-alchemist, if you listen to this, um, my guy, you're pretty cool. Like the video, and I hope you found this edifying. And you know, just hopefully, like furthering furthering the dialogue, exchanging ideas, seeking truth. Um, thank you, everyone who tuned in. Thank you, Jesus, that one gamer, um, Jonos with C. Everyone else, have a good one, and God bless. <laughs>